What the Fab podcast, where empowered women empower women through candid conversations, inspiring stories, and tangible tips. I'm your host, Elise Armitage. I'm a digital creator, and I left my nine to five job at Google to chase my dreams of being an entrepreneur. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get into some real talk. Hello, and welcome back to the What the Fab podcast and episode number 36. It's a good one. We are talking about imposter syndrome and my top 12 tips for beating that monster down. Before we get into the episode, I want to say thank you to all of you who have shared episode 34 or DM'd me about it or emailed me about it. Um, Episode 34 was my episode on my business's income report from 2021. And I was definitely nervous to share that one, but I was also excited because I felt like this is just a conversation that I'm really passionate about. I feel really strongly about helping women get more comfortable with talking about money because I feel really passionate about helping women make more money. And if you're not comfortable talking about numbers and, you know, in a black and white way, not like tiptoeing around it, it's really hard to make more money. So thank you. Thank you again for all of you who have sent me your thoughts and feedback on it. It's been a really um, just kind of like overwhelming and positive reaction. And I'm so happy that so many people found value in it. I also want to take a second to remind you to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you have not done so already. It's just the best way for me to grow this podcast. And, you know, I'm putting these out weekly. I've made the commitment. It is happening. And it's not easy. It's a lot of fun, but it is not easy to stick to a weekly publishing schedule. So I really appreciate the support there. And then lastly, if you haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever platform it is that you listen to this podcast through. So when I published the episode about my income report, I had some, like I said, really great conversations in my DMs, and those conversations gave me ideas for future podcast episodes like this one. So several people messaged me saying like, this episode was just what I needed. It's like helping me visualize where I can be in a few years. And right now I am really dealing with imposter syndrome. It is hitting me hard. If you have any tips around that, I would love to hear them. So that you know, sparked the idea for this episode. And one thing that I want to say is that from what I have seen, imposter syndrome hits everyone. And I do kind of feel like maybe women deal with it more than men. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that study where it's like men will apply for a job if in the description they fit like 60% of the qualifications versus women will typically apply if they hit 100% of the qualifications. Like, I think that it can be a bit more common among women. I don't know, 10% of my listeners are male. So if you're one of the 10%, maybe chime in, DM me, let me know. I know that from talking about it with my husband, with Omid, he definitely deals with it as well. And he is now a principal at his architecture firm. So he is a co-owner. He is a business owner. And 
And he definitely, over the last few years, especially with dealing with running a business during a pandemic, he's said like, you know, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop and for, you know, everyone to find me out and for me to be discovered as the fraud that I am. <laughs> like sometimes that imposter syndrome really hits him too. And we've had discussions about it and he is excellent at what he does. I mean, he has received some of the nicest compliments from, you know, other architects that he's worked with and principals saying like he is the best architect that they have ever had the experience of working with. So clearly he is not a fraud. He's not incapable or incompetent. But those feelings, especially when you are stretching yourself and doing something new, they just come up and that self-doubt is, it can be really all-encompassing sometimes. And what I have noticed is that it's really helped me to understand that all of my mentors and people that I really admire in the space, other female entrepreneurs, especially in the digital space, I have heard from them at one point or another, whether it's through conversations or listening to their podcasts, that they also have dealt with imposter syndrome. So I think kind of normalizing it and realizing that this is literally just our lizard brains, our caveman or cavewoman brains chiming in, trying to keep us safe. Like, oh, nope, that's outside the comfort zone. That's not something we've done before. Like, oh my God, we're going to die. Reel it back in. And that's just how our brains are programmed and wired. And if you listen to episode 33 with Renee Bowen, she's an awesome friend of mine. She's a photographer and mindset coach. And she also has a degree in psychology. And so she's just super knowledgeable about this topic. And we do touch on imposter syndrome in that episode. So if you haven't listened to it yet, definitely give that one a listen. Uh, But we touch on this a little bit in that episode and how it's just how our brains are wired to like kick in that fight or flight the minute we get a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit outside of our comfort zone. And I asked her, okay, so I'm working on something new. I'm working on launching my SEO course. Why is it that I am having trouble having the confidence in myself that this is going to turn out how I'm envisioning it, that it's going to be successful. I mean, I I vacillate in between, right? Obviously, I wouldn't be doing it if I thought I wasn't capable and, you know, truly this wasn't going to be successful. But I have days where I start to think like, maybe you're, you're not the expert in SEO that you think you are. Who are you to be doing this? Maybe you're going to spend all this time and energy creating it and it's not going to make you a dime. Like these thoughts start to pop up. And I had asked Renee in our episode, why is it? that if I were to take an outside perspective and take someone with my knowledge, with my expertise and experience, and let's say they're a friend of mine and they're about to launch this SEO course, my reaction would be, of course you are. That makes so much sense because you're brilliant at this and you've consulted on this and people already pay you to do this thing. Obviously, you're going to launch this course and it's going to be a huge success. Like, duh, that makes so much sense. Why can't I have that confidence 24-7 about myself and my own business and my own actions? And she she said it is your lizard brain just trying to keep you safe. And she gave a couple of great tips for dealing with that imposter syndrome. And I have been 
incorporating some of those tips that she gave me. I've also been doing my own research and finding other ideas. And especially over this last uh, last year in 2021, when I was part of a mastermind group, I did a lot of work on my mindset and reframing. I, I don't think that I personally deal with a lot of negative self talk. I'm a pretty confident person, but it still comes up for me. Imposter syndrome, self-doubt, it still comes up for me. So um, I just kind of want to normalize that, that like no matter how successful you are, your mentors, like they are dealing with it or have dealt with it too. And it can rear its head at any time. Like you could be chugging along, doing great. And then maybe you try something that's a little bit outside of the norm, outside of your comfort zone, and it pops back up again. So let's get into these 12 tips and things that I have found to help me beat back that imposter syndrome and kind of have more clarity and a little bit more of a realistic perspective. So number one, and this tip came from Renee in our episode and conversation together, and that is to name it. So it sounds kind of silly and a little bit funny, maybe weird, but like to literally name and personify your imposter syndrome. So I chose to name mine Susan. I felt like Karen was too negative. It had too much negative connotation behind it. But Susan just felt like the right fit. It's like she's a worry wart. She's like a busy body. She's all up in your business. She's like your nosy neighbor that you see when you're taking out the trash and you're like, oh my God, I don't want to talk to her. She is always just like overly concerned. That's Susan. By the way, if your name is Susan, I love you. I don't actually think it's like a bad <laughs> name or you're a worry wart or a bad person. It's just the name that came to me and seemed to fit as I was personifying my imposter syndrome. So what I can do now is when those thoughts start to come up, like, who are you to do this? You're not good enough. Why would you launch this? Nobody's going to buy it. I can just say, Susan, thank you so much. I appreciate that you care. I know you're looking out for me, but your opinions are actually not needed right now. I've got this. Goodbye. And again, it sounds silly, it's been really helpful for me. So give it a try. That's tip number one. Name it, personify it. It kind of it kind of helps distance you from it, which is going to tie into a future, um, another tip that I have coming up in a bit. Number two is to journal, but to do it in kind of a, a specific way. So let me tell you a little bit more about that. If you heard journal and you rolled your eyes, I get it. I never used to have any kind of journaling practice. When I worked at Google, I didn't have a morning routine. I would just roll out of bed and get ready and run out the door. And after I started working from home and working for myself, I was like, you know what? I want to try having a morning routine. And I felt like journaling was something that I was just constantly seeing, you know, in those articles that are like five habits that every successful entrepreneur has. Like journaling was always up there. So I was like, all right, I am going to give this a try. And I started journaling. And at, at first I was like, what am I even going to write about? Journaling is for people with like big, massive problems that they're trying to work through. I don't have anything to say. And I just started really small, like things that I was hoping to get done that day, things I did the day before, things I was worried about. And then it started to become more like reflections and frustrations and realizations that would come from my journaling. And one thing that I started doing last year, and this was just sort of by accident and out of curiosity, but I started 
making it a practice that I would journal in the morning and then I would go back and reference my journal entry from exactly that day one year ago. And again, this just kind of came out of curiosity. Like I just was thinking, oh, I wonder what I was doing or thinking or feeling one year ago today. What happened that I wasn't expecting was it became this really great exercise in reflection and also realizing that a lot of times the things that I was super worried about or stressed out about were just not a big deal. There were countless times where I was reading an entry and I was obviously really worked up over something worried, upset, stressed, angry, and I didn't actually write down like the specific thing that I was worried or upset about, and I'm sitting there reading it a year later going, okay, I am clearly bothered by this a year ago, but I can't even remember what it was. So that was an interesting realization for me that like there could be things happening that I'm so worked up about in the moment, but a year from now, they are literally, not only are they not going to matter, but I can't even remember what it was if I tried. So that has kind of helped me remember when, you know, something happens and at first I'm getting worked up about it to really take a step back and realize that it's probably actually not that big of a deal. And it's okay to feel like angry and upset about it in the moment, but to just try to release that a little bit. And then the other thing is there were several times where I was working through big decisions. So for example, one of them was the decision to invest in this mastermind group. And it was the biggest business expense, the biggest investment in myself that I had ever made. And I was really nervous to make that investment. Like financially, it was a big commitment. And so I journaled on it for like probably a week and then eventually decided like, I'm going to do it. I'm joining this mastermind group. I am putting my credit card down. And reading that back a year later, I'm like, wow, I am so glad I made that decision. That was absolutely the right decision for me. And it has helped and transformed my business so much. I grew by $100,000 in revenue last year. And some of that would have happened without the mastermind group. Some of it definitely was a result of the mastermind. And so there were several kind of examples like that and reading back on it, it just kind of helped. It's helping to reaffirm like my confidence in myself, my decision-making capabilities, my ability to trust my intuition and my gut because it's like reflecting on those big decisions a year later. I'm like, yep, made the right decision. Yep. So glad I did that. Wow. I was really scared to take the leap there, but I did it and it turned out great. So that has been a really great practice. And if you don't have a journal to you know, reflect on from a year ago, I would say just start journaling today. You can still gain a lot of reflections and insights about yourself by picking up that habit today. And then a year from today, you will have that to look back on. Okay, you know I am all about time-saving hacks, and I have to tell you guys about my latest discovery, Sunbasket Meal Delivery Service. I've been using them for months now, and they are hands down the best meal delivery I have ever tried, and I have tried a lot. (laughs) Their meals are ready to go. You can just microwave them or pop them in the oven. I don't know about you, but if I'm paying for a meal delivery, I'm not trying to get a kit that also requires me to spend time having to cook the meal and chop stuff like some other services. 
no thank you. So it's delivered weekly. If you want, you can always skip. It's ready to go. All of their ingredients are organic. And seriously, the meals have been so delicious. I just had this insane chili verde enchilada pie with braised pork last night. Oh my God, I'm drooling just thinking about it. And each week you get to pick your menu and I order six. So that's meals for both me and Omid three nights out of the week. And I usually opt for meals that are under 600 calories. And like I said, everything has been so good. And there's a new menu to choose from every week. We haven't had a repeat menu item yet. And I have a great discount link for you to give them a try. You'll get $90 off your first few deliveries, bringing each meal to six bucks a meal. This is a no-brainer, you guys. So just go to whatthefab.com slash sunbasket and use my referral link there. I mean, you're going to pay that much at least for groceries, but with Sunbasket, you don't even have to cook, so you might as well be efficient about it. Make weeknight dinners a delicious breeze with Sunbasket. Go to whatthefab.com slash sunbasket to get $90 off. Number three is kind of a combo one. It is visualization and action. And this is something that another member of my mastermind group recommended to me, and I've started putting it into practice. And visualization could be visualizing myself in the future having this successful course Or it could be visualizing for my day ahead. So when I'm doing my morning routine, doing my journaling, I can visualize about what I want to accomplish that day, how I want to feel, how I want to impact and treat others. And that type of visualization has been really helpful for me in in kind of setting intentions for the day, for the year, and picturing yourself doing it. I mean, there's a reason that all the, you know, top athletes and coaches like incorporate visualization. I remember I had a coach in high school when I played basketball that kind of fancied himself a a coaching guru, but he had us do visualizations and we would visualize like shooting our free throws, stepping up to the line, doing whatever our routine was, and then sinking the shot. And studies have shown that that type of visualization really does work. So I I combine number three visualization and action because for me, it's helpful to have some kind of action that day that whether it leads me towards that future goal that I am envisioning, or I am taking action on the things that I intended on accomplishing that day. And I think this is from Amy Porterfield, um, who is like somebody that I greatly admire in the digital space, and I devour all of her podcast episodes. She always says that action is the antidote to fear. And that has been so true for me. Anytime that I have taken a big leap, like when I left Google and was starting to run my blog full time, I was so freaking scared, but I just was like, okay, let me dive in. Action is the antidote to fear. Let's get into it. And as soon as I started doing and like accomplishing things and making progress here and there, the fear just kind of melted away because it was like, what is there to be afraid of? Like I'm doing the thing. I'm running the business. I'm making the money. I'm, I'm doing the thing. So action has been really helpful rather than like the the planning and sitting there and worrying, turning your visualizations into action. Okay, number four, meditation. 
Okay, please don't, please don't tune out. Please don't leave me. <laughs> if you rolled your eyes at journaling, you're probably not super excited to hear about meditation, but it has been so, so helpful for me. And this year, I actually have a goal for myself to meditate every single day of 2022. It is getting towards the end of February, and I haven't broken that streak yet, but I've still got a ways to go. But I am finding that I am really starting to crave my afternoon meditation. Meditating is something that I have tried on and off over the years. I started to first get into it when I was at Google and my very first job at Google, I absolutely hated. And so I was looking for any and every excuse to take other kind of like courses because Google offers these different, you know, courses that you can do. And I was looking for any excuse to just get away from my desk and do something different. And there was a course on meditation and self-reflection. And I had never done anything like that before. So I was like, great, sign me up. It's a three-day course. I will be away from my desk for three days and my manager can't nag me. I am there. So I took this course and it was awesome. It just gave me a lot of tools and tips for meditating. And I have personally been using the Headspace app since then because it kind of gives you a nice guide for going through meditation. I, I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't know what I would think about or my mind just wanders and that's totally normal. But the Headspace app just kind of helps keep me on track. And I, like I said, I've been meditating every day this year. And what I'm noticing is that it has given me a lot of clarity. And in the previous years when I would meditate, sometimes it would be, I would get into a groove where I would do it a few days a week. Sometimes it would only be once a week. Sometimes I would go a few months kind of forgetting about it. So now to be in a really consistent routine where I'm doing it every day, I notice number one, that I crave it and I look forward to it. And number two, that I just have more mental clarity and calmness. And I think that this relates to to dealing with imposter syndrome because for me, when I really start to feel imposter syndrome is when I'm spiraling. Like I'm anxious about something, I'm worked up, my mind is going a million miles a minute, and then all of these thoughts kind of start to come in, whether I think they're true or not. Like you can't do this, it's gonna fail, blah, blah, blah. And so having mental clarity and calmness kind of quiets that external, I mean, it's an internal voice, but it's almost kind of like we were saying earlier, like if you're distancing yourself from it, it's almost kind of like a, a third party in your head. And having that time and space for myself, I just do 15 minutes a day. I'm going to experiment with maybe trying 20 minutes soon, but just having that 15 minutes for myself and coming out the other end, feeling like calm and still has really helped to calm those thoughts of self-doubt and imposter syndrome as well. So give it a try. Try it for like at least a month before you decide if you want to stick with it or not. Because if you do it for like a week and you're like, I'm no good at this. Like, well, no duh. It's something totally new and it's not easy. So give it a good old college try. All right. Number five is also something that we chatted about briefly in the episode with Renee, and that is listening to hypnosis tracks. Okay. I know this sounds a little bit weird and you're like, what do you mean hypnosis? Like I told Renee in our conversation, when I think of hypnosis, I think of my senior grad night and my friends getting hypnotized and standing up and like doing the chicken dance or something crazy. And that is not what this is at all. Renee actually has her own hypnosis tracks that she uses for her 
students in her membership, and that's what I've been listening to. What they are is, first of all, she puts them on a track with binaural beats, and if you're curious about what that is, you can listen to episode 33 with her, and that is just very calming and helps to like calm your nervous system down. Also, her voice is super soothing and calming, and then you don't have to be like sitting there actively listening to every word. You can kind of just have it on in the background while you're driving, while you're doing the dishes. I personally really like to have them on super low in my headphones when I'm traveling. And she has different themes for her different hypnosis tracks. So some of them might be focused on abundance and money mindset. One of them is about like happiness. Another one is confidence. Another one is focus. So there are different hypnosis tracks that you can listen to that are kind of the messaging is around different aspects of your life. It's literally just positive affirmations. So it's just like you are safe, you are abundant, like picture yourself doing XYZ. It's not as weird as I thought it was when I first heard hypnosis. And I actually find them really relaxing. And like I said, I love listening to them when I'm traveling and just having it on in the background while I'm working or, you know, doing whatever. And I didn't research this before the episode, but I am sure there are plenty of hypnosis tracks that you can find on YouTube or even Spotify. So I'll do a little deep dive there and find some that I can recommend for you guys and I will link them in the show notes. I'll put the show notes at whatthefab.com slash imposter and then you can easily access them. But that is something that has been really helping me and I think that you know, when you have this kind of negative chatter going on, it's nice to counterbalance it with calming, positive words. Number six kind of ties into that idea, and it is affirmations. So some people like to do this when they're journaling, and that is great, but I would challenge you to take it a step further and try this, and that is recording yourself saying these affirmations. And the reason that this is so helpful is hearing it coming from your own voice is kind of like convincing your brain this is happening. So you can do this in different ways. I've just done it on the voice memo app on my phone and then I just overlaid it so that it repeats itself a few times and I can listen to it while I'm journaling in the morning or whatever. And you can record yourself saying affirmations that are specific to your situation. So for example, if I wanted to do one, I could record myself saying, I have a successful course that brings in $100,000 a year and helps thousands of students grow their profit and their blog, something like that. There are also apps that you can download to do these types of affirmation recordings and play them back for yourself. But the key is that it is your voice saying them and you're listening to yourself saying them over and over. Another really great affirmations app, um, I'm actually blanking on the name, so I'm going to link that one in the show notes too. Uh, But this other app that I found that I've really been loving, it is a paid app, but it's super cheap. I think it's like one or two bucks a month. And it gives you little reminders and notifications on your phone with some kind of affirmation on it. And then you could also add it as a widget on your home screen and it rotates through affirmations like every hour or so. And again, I think it's just important to kind of take a step back and realize we have all this negative self-talk and and self-doubt going on. So like we need to intentionally balance it out or hopefully 
squash it out with more positive messaging. So like bombarding yourself with positive affirmations and messaging. So I will find the name of that app that I've been using and I'll include like a little screenshot um, so you can see a picture and visualize what that looks like. And that will be at the show notes, whatthefab.com slash imposter. Number seven is exercise. And again, I have specifics here. This is not just any kind of exercise. So for me personally, I work out with my trainer who is, it's a virtual workout. It's through Hit School. I will put an ad spot in here for Hit School as well. So you can hear a little bit more about how that works and the pricing, but they have a great referral system going if you are interested in giving them a try. But basically when I used to work at Google, I had a trainer there through Hit School. Yes, Google has trainers. Yes, they think of everything. Um, And I had a trainer there who I loved and I worked out with for years. And then when I left Google to run What the Fab full-time, I lost access to him because he was a trainer at Google through Hit School. And then when the pandemic hit, Hit School was like, hey, we're going virtual. Anyone and everyone can join and you can sign up here. So I was like, oh my gosh, I get to work out with my old trainer again. This is so great. And I've been doing it ever since, you know, March 2020. So coming up on two years now. And What's great about it is it's a virtual workout. So like you are on the screen, it's run through Google Hangouts or Meet or whatever they call it these days. And you're on the screen, your trainer's on the screen, and it's usually a pretty small group, like anywhere from five to 10 people. And your trainer, shout out to Pete, your trainer knows you. So I know that if I don't show up for class, I'm going to get a message from him being like, hey, where are you at? Are you making it up? Or like, what's going on? So there's that accountability factor. But then also, I can see him and he can see me. So I know that I like I'm really trying not to slack off or like take too long of a break because he will kindly call me out. And that's just like what I need in a workout. I know myself. I know if I work out by myself, I'll be like, oh, I was going to do an hour, but like I did 30 minutes. That's good enough. Like good for you and call it a day or like take way too long of breaks. So I need that accountability. I need somebody like virtually standing over my shoulder. But then the other thing that is great about it, and I've noticed this, and here's how it ties into dealing with imposter syndrome, is that I get that positive feedback from him and just hearing like, yes, get it, Elise. You're looking so strong. Like, boom. Yes. It really does something for me. Like it makes me feel like, fuck yes. Like I am strong. I can do this. I'm going to crush this workout. And then I'm going to crush life after this. I'm going to crush my business goals. Like it really hypes me up. And those, those endorphins just like last all day long. So again, I will put an ad spot here so you can learn a little bit more about hit school specifically, because this is really like a specific thing about my workout routine that helps me deal with imposter syndrome and just feel really like confident and capable and strong. And you just don't get that when you are doing like a a group virtual workout and you don't know the trainer, they can't see you, or you know, you're pulling up a YouTube video for a Pilates, like that's great, but it's just, it doesn't give me the same effect. This episode is brought to you by Hit School. Okay, so Hit School didn't pay for a sponsorship on my podcast, but they just launched a great referral program that I had to share with you because they're my go-to for my at-home workout routine. And some of my readers have been asking how I've been staying fit during COVID. 
this is it. I've been working out with HIT School for four years now. The first few years were actually in person with the trainers when I was at Google because they did a lot of corporate workout programs. And last year at the start of this pandemic, they created a virtual program. So you work out with them over Google Hangouts in a small group setting and the workouts kick your butt. I am always so sore afterwards. All you need are a pair of dumbbells and you're good to go. Your trainer gives you personalized feedback because they see you on camera. So they make sure your form is on point and they nicely call you out if you're slacking off, which I definitely need because it really pushes me. And the other thing is the accountability factor. If I am paying for these classes and my trainer knows if I show up or not, I do not miss a class versus if I tell myself, okay, yeah, I'm going to do a YouTube workout video on my own later today. Half the time I end up skipping. Okay, so here's the pricing breakdown. One semester is eight weeks long and costs $270. But if I refer you, you get 50 bucks off, bringing it to 220. Now you get two classes a week with your trainer. So that's 16 classes, but then they also give you access to all of these other additional live classes throughout the week. So personally, I do an abs and butt class with them. I do a strength training class and then my regular two days a week with my trainer. So that's 32 classes that I'm taking advantage of in a semester. And if you wanted to do even more, you could, but let's just say you're doing four workouts a week like me, that comes out to less than $7 a class. That is a freaking steal. Oh, you should also know that anyone else in your household can join you for your workouts for free. They don't have to pay for their own membership. So Omid works out with me for all of the workout classes. It's so much fun to have a workout buddy. And if you do the math between the two of us, I mean, it is just such a good deal. When I think about what I used to pay for Barry's classes, they're like $30 a class, like my God. Anyways, if you wanna sign up with Hit School and kick off your new year right, shoot me an email so I can refer you and you'll get $50 off. Full transparency, I get $50 off too, so it's a win-win for both of us. Email me at Elise, E-L-I-S-E, at whatthefab.com. Use Hit School in the subject line and I will help you get all signed up. Maybe we'll even work out together. If you want to take a look at their website to learn more about the program, it's hitschool.com. Hit is spelled H-I-I-T because it stands for high intensity interval training. So it's hitschool.com. And don't forget to shoot me an email so you can get that 50 bucks off. All right, let's get back to the show. Number eight is to get out in nature. I have definitely noticed that when I am starting to spiral and feeling those feelings of self-doubt, number one, movement helps, but also combining that with nature has really helped. So we're lucky we live in an area that we have vineyards right around the corner from our house. So I'm trying to go out, go for a walk, be in nature, you know, on the weekends, go for a hike. And that is something that when I was researching how to deal with negative self-talk, how to deal with imposter syndrome, that one kept coming up again and again. Like you just feel good after getting out in nature. We're not meant to be cooped up inside, staring at our computer screens all day long. So definitely making an effort to get outside and be in nature has been a good one. Number nine is self-distancing. And this kind of relates to the first one, naming it. And it's something that I heard a therapist talking about on a podcast. And self-distancing is basically talking to yourself in the third person when you're starting to experience this imposter syndrome and just being really kind and gentle with yourself. And um, you can, I, I think, I mean, I'm not a therapist, but I think you could do it either out loud or just within 
your own inner monologue. But what I have done sometimes when I'm trying out this this tip is to just be like, you know what, Elise, I get it. Like, this is scary. This is totally new. You've never done this before. I Anybody would be freaked out by this. But I don't think that it's as big of a deal as you're hyping it up to be in your mind. I don't think you need to be this worked up about it. You can kind of like let some of that stress go. Again, totally understandable that you would be freaked out about it, but like it's gonna be fine. So just like creating a little bit of that distance between yourself and these spiraling thoughts and like, and you, if that makes sense. It feels and sounds a little bit weird and like, It is, but you know what? If it works, like do it. Give it a try a few times and see if it it helps you. For me, it's helped like it's helped me get out of these kind of negative spirals for sure. Number 10 is creating a hype files folder. Okay, I really love this tip. I I've done this like since I was at Google. I do it now, but basically whenever somebody sends me, whether it's like a reader or someone from a brand that I'm working with, when somebody sends me a really kind message about my work, I screenshot it and I save it to a folder on my phone. It's called Blog Love. And those are your hype files. So if a reader DMs me and they're like, oh my gosh, I loved this blog post. Like I bought this thing from it or I learned this from it. Screenshot, save it. Um, All of the kind messages about podcast episodes like the income report saying like, yes, this is so important. We need to get women talking more about money so they can make more money. Thank you for putting that out there. Screenshot, save it. I had somebody send me a really nice audio message when I first launched my podcast and they were like, you are killing it. Like you were born to do this. This is so great. It was, it was so nice. And I was like, oh no, it's an audio message. What am I going to do? I can't screenshot it. So I ended up doing a screen recording video that also captured the audio so that I could save it as a video file and put it in my hype files folder. So anytime that somebody is sending you something positive like that, like capture that, capture that moment. Our brains naturally focus on the negative. Like somebody gave us constructive slash negative feedback. Like that's what sticks with us. But there's also so much positive feedback that we receive and our brains kind of put that to the wayside and focus on the negative. And that's totally natural, but we need to just balance that out a little bit, you know? I used to do this when I was at Google too. I remember I had this like difficult engineering director that I was working with. And this was when I was on the events team. And usually we really didn't interface that closely with engineering directors. But for this particular engineering group, They were just like very involved. They wanted to be involved. They wanted to know what was going on. And, you know, like, I'm just going to say it. Engineers are weird. Like they can be super weird. So combine like that authority level of being a director with being kind of a weird engineer. And it's just like, like nobody really wanted to like deal with that, but somebody had to. So I did something, I, I experimented with something at a conference for this engineering group where I partnered with Google's social team that had like a pretty big budget to try out Twitter ads. So we were tweeting, we were putting running ads on it and directing people to the hiring site for this particular engineering group. And the results weren't amazing. Like we didn't make a bunch of hires from it. We did get some good traffic, but it was something new. And the engineering director on a group thread was like, 
this is awesome. This is exactly the kind of innovation that we need. Well done. Kudos to you for trying something like this. And my manager was like, oh my God, like compliments do not come easy from the from this man. Like you need to print this out and frame it. And I was like, oh, it is going in my hype files folder. So things like that, that you can look back on just to hype yourself up are so great. And especially if you are an entrepreneur, like we don't have yearly reviews anymore. You know, we don't have someone to pat us on the back when we do a good job on a project and like tell us you're doing great, sweetie. (laughs) So like saving those pieces from readers or partners or whoever you're working with, I think is so important. And it's definitely been clutch and helpful for me when dealing with imposter syndrome. If I ever start to spiral, I can always pull up those files and go through them and I immediately feel better. Number 11 is something new that I recently have been trying out and that is floating. So you may have heard of this. It's also referred to as sensory deprivation and I feel like it kind of came onto the wellness scene a few years ago and got pretty popular and it's fizzled a little bit. I will say like it did feel a bit gimmicky. However, I kind of loved it. So what you do is you go to a float spa. I go to one called True Rest and they're a franchise. So they have locations all over the place and you get into this pod. It's a giant pod. So I didn't feel claustrophobic at all. Like you can sit up in it and still have plenty of clearance. And within the pod, there is about a foot of water and a ton of Epsom salt. So you just like, boop, you pop right up, you float like you're in the Dead Sea. It's really, really cool. And you're floating there and the water is skin temperature and you just float there. You can have calming music playing if you want. I chose to have it be silent and you can also have some, you know, calming lights on if you want. And I chose for it to be completely pitch black because I just wanted the full experience. And I did it for an hour And I just kind of took that time to meditate, to get into like a really deep state of relaxation. And honestly, I loved it. Omid also did it with me in a different room, separate pod. And he was like, after 10 minutes, I was just like so uncomfortable. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I was so fidgety. I'm like, that sounds awful (laughs) to like for the rest of the 50 minutes be like, okay, I'm over this. But for me, I really enjoyed it. I didn't start to feel like okay, I'm ready to get out until really like five or 10 minutes um, before the hour was up. And what I noticed afterwards was that I just felt so calm and serene and a lot of the like little worries and anxieties that had been bothering me earlier in the day were just, they had just kind of like been wiped away, wiped clean. So I'm signing up for a monthly membership for that and I'm gonna try doing it once a month because I feel for me, I notice a very strong connection, and I kind of touched on this earlier, between anxiety and worry and that bringing on imposter syndrome and self-doubt. So when I'm feeling super anxious and overwhelmed, that's when I also start to have feelings of like, you can't do this, you can't do all the things, it's not going to work out. You know, those types of thoughts start piling on. But when I'm feeling calm and have clarity and I'm feeling peaceful, I don't have imposter syndrome type of thoughts. So floating, give it a try. I'm very into it. I'm excited to continue with it. And then finally, number 12, 
The last thing that has been really helpful for me is listening to podcasts or reading books from people that I admire in my industry. So usually it's a female entrepreneur that I really admire and just hearing them talk about their own experiences. So I mentioned like Amy Porterfield earlier, Julie Solomon, who ran the mastermind group I was in last year, who's an amazing mentor of mine. Listening to them talk about their own experiences with imposter syndrome, it makes you realize like back to what I was saying earlier, no matter how successful you are, how pretty your Instagram feed is, how beautiful your house is, how put together you seem, you have dealt or and are dealing with imposter syndrome in this very moment. And it's it's completely natural. And I think that once that clicked for me, and it wasn't this idea of like, oh, I'm experiencing imposter syndrome because like I'm just not there yet. I'm not at this certain level. I'm not successful enough to not have imposter syndrome anymore. Once I realized that that is all bullshit and it's like, oh, I'm experiencing imposter syndrome because I'm human, that has helped me deal with it as well. So whether you are talking about it with your significant other, with other girlfriends, or listening to someone share their story about it on their podcast or in their book or on their blog, that has been really helpful for me as well. So highly recommend giving that a try. All right, those are my 12 tips, how I deal with imposter syndrome. It's a thing, it's real, we all deal with it. And I hope that these are helpful for you. Give them a try. Let me know which ones you're trying. Let me know what works for you. I would love to hear from you. Snap a screenshot of this episode. Share it on your stories. I would so appreciate that. And slide in my DMs. Let me know how it's going for you. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast and hit subscribe because we are coming out with these weekly. We have some more fun episodes lined up over the next few weeks that I can't wait for you all to listen to. And until then, we'll chat next week. 